and then he's like, oh, something, like something grabbed my leg. You know what he'd done is he'd stepped on a like a like a tree branch, and you know how like you you step on a tree branch and then it moves it a little bit and then another part of the tree branch like flips toward you, right? So like this slimy tree branch did grab his leg, but his little sister, well, Vesper was. Uh, she was like, well, th-. and then she kind of, she had been so brave in the cold water, and then she gets out, and she's just like, oh, I don't know, and, and uh, Tenzin uses the paddleboard for a while, and then Vesper says, I want to turn on the paddleboard, and um, Tenzin in big brother fashion says, well, if you want to get on the paddleboard, you have to either swim out to me or walk out to me, you know, of course, right, and I'm over with uh, our dog Stella throwing the throwing the sticks out there, and I'm kind of watching this go down, and Vesper, I'm thinking Vesper in a few minutes will kind of get over this initial fear, and she'll get out there. Five minutes go by, ten minutes go by, and she's just kind of shivering on shore, just like, I want to be on the paddleboard, and and, uh, finally, I think some good in me, but also some impatience in me, I go over and I take her hand. And I probably walked a little faster than I should have while holding her hand and took her out to the paddleboard. And she's like, oh, I made it. But then I said something like, well, are you going to wait like the whole hour we're out here? Are you just going to like wait on shore the whole hour? Which I wish I, wish I wouldn't have said that, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, just you, you, those parenting moments where you don't quite get it right. Like, it's good that I'm like encouraging her to do more, but at the same time, it's, <laughs> it's like we miss it sometimes. But uh, so this topic can be tricky, this, this, this topic that I have this morning. The title of my talk is Love from Papa God, Love from Papa God. And I wanted to use that term of endearment for God because I think sometimes when we, when we use titles we're not used to, when we, when, we, when we refer to God, sometimes it can help expand our view of God. And I, I want to use that term of endearment in the tradition of Abba Father, Papa God, receiving love from Papa God, how to accept love from our Father in heaven. And uh, if you've been in church any amount of time, um, you've probably heard many messages that talk about how how relationship with Jesus, friendship with Jesus is a free gift. That's very familiar language. Even though it's a giant concept that is actually more difficult to live, um, it's a concept that we're familiar with, right? Relationship with Jesus is a free gift. But what Jesus is love. Jesus is the source of all love. God is the source of all love. And so the free gift of Jesus is a free gift of love. And I think more times than not, we have a tough time imagining love truly being a free gift, a gift that we can receive, a gift that we can, where we can just put our arms out and say, thank you, Papa God. I just say yes to you. I receive this gift. Because we're, 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 we're so sure we got to earn our way, right? And I have a number of questions I, that were just tugging on my heart this week, and here's, here's the first couple of them. Can we trust you, God? How can we even get to know you, Papa God? Are we supposed to feel distant distant from you? Are we alone on this journey? These are questions, maybe we don't voice them very often, but they come up in our heart. And uh, can we trust you, God? We know how life works, right? 
nobody trusts us until we build up, uh, until we make, until we show people, we earn our way with people, right? More times than not, we have to kind of earn our way. We, people have to see us make good decisions, treat them well, and over time, we kind of build a history with them, and then they go, you know what? That person is okay, you know? Like, I trust them, right? But God is different than us. Um, God trusts us before we deserve it, before we've earned anything. But then God doesn't say, okay, I trusted you without, without, with you not earning it, and so... Um, so I don't have to earn it either. I'm not going to earn it because you didn't earn it with me. God goes above and beyond and says, I'll actually earn it with you. I'll chase after your heart. I'll, I'll earn your trust. I'll build a history with you, even though you, never, you haven't even built a history with me, and I already chose you, and I already love you. You can wait to love me. I'll love you first. And I love that about Jesus, and, and, and I love how the Bible— is uh, it really is God, Papa God's self-disclosure, Papa God's, um, the story of God relating to a person, to a family, to a people. One second. I have way too many books in my book bag. There we go. There's my Bible. I just wanted to have it in my hand because it feels good to have a Bible. And uh, that this is God's self-disclosure, that this is the way that God is, has, has made himself accept, made uh, the living God is made accessible through scripture and the living word is Jesus Jesus is the lens through which we see all of scripture and Jesus is the picture of God when we experience Christ Jesus we experience Papa God Thomas um, in my favorite chapters in the Gospels, there's, there's that moment at the Last Supper where Jesus just sits the disciples down after washing their feet and they have a meal together and the first, the first Eucharist, the first communion happens. And, uh, and Jesus just sits there, John 14, 15, 16, some of 17, I believe, and just lays out some of, the, some of the coolest parts of Scripture right there. Like we could spend the next year just doing Jesus talks on those three chapters of the Bible. But in, that, in those chapters, in John 14, verse, verses 9 and 10, Thomas and then Philip, they both ask Jesus, they go, okay, Jesus, we, we, we get you, we, under, we understand you, like we, we, we know you, but if you could just show us, like, like a, show us the Father, then we would really... Because we, we feel your love, but could you show us the Father? And then we would really believe. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. And this is one of the mysteries of Christianity, one of the difficult things for us to wrap our brains around in Christendom, is this idea of God is three, God is one, and God is three persons, and that, and sometimes we, we, we make the mistake of believing that God the Father is angry, and God the Son is loving, 
And God, the Holy Spirit, is kind of like the peacemaker in between, trying to get Jesus, the Son, and God, the Father, to get along and give us a good shot. And so we, that's kind of a mistake that we make. But if we look closer at the Bible, we find that, wait, the, wait God, the Father, is gracious and compassionate, and that, the, and that Jesus is the greatest expression of the Father's love for us, of Papa God's love for us. And so if we, if we want to know what Papa God is like, all we have to do is look at Jesus. Jesus describes the vulnerable love of Papa God with the story uh, of the lost sons. And uh, Jesus talks about the lost sheep, talks about the lost coin, and then he talks about the lost sons. Usually in, in, over the years, people have called it the story of the prodigal. And, but there's two sons in the story. One son does everything wrong. The younger son just chooses rebellion, chooses short-term gratification, just chooses self and is just like, shove it to dad and I'm just going to go my own way. Uh, did everything wrong. The other brother did everything right was like, give me some rules to follow, I'll follow all of them. Give, them. give me some hoops to jump through, I'll jump through them. I, whatever it takes, whatever I have to prove, I'm gonna earn my way. And both sons, surprisingly, were separated from the love of their father. The rule-breaking son is literally geographically stuck in addiction far away from the father. And the older brother, even though geographically he's right there doing all the right thing, is so stuck in his own way and so stuck in rule following that he misses out on the love of the Father. And instead of reading the whole, the, the whole story to this morning, I just wanted to look at a couple of, couple of moments in the story that Jesus tells. And one is this, Luke chapter 15, verse 20 says this. So the younger son returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. This, the father ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. I just want to focus on that. He ran to him. He, he did the embarrassing thing, right? He showed, he, he just, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do that like nonchalant walkover, trying to look cool. He just ran toward him, made himself vulnerable. Luke chapter 15, verse 28. Same vulnerability with the older son, because the older son doesn't want to celebrate the younger son, sees the son as a major, the younger son as a major loser, did everything wrong. I did everything right. Like, why are you throwing a party for this guy? And this is what it says in Luke chapter 15, verse 28. It says, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. But listen to the vulnerability of the, of the dad in this story. His father came out and begged him, come in, come in, like, connect with me we want to celebrate together like we want to we want to throw this party for party for the younger brother he's home he's finally home and the older brother didn't want anything to do with it but this vulnerability of papa god i just want to remind us this morning of that because we need to remember that it's that papa god makes himself vulnerable papa god our heavenly father makes himself does the embarrassing thing to show love for us, runs after us, begs us, makes himself vulnerable. And at any given time, I think all of us have moments where we're like the older brother doing everything right. Other times we're like the younger brother doing everything wrong. 
Uh, I had lots of opportunities to, uh, as, as literally an older brother, and I think firstborns often are good at jumping through hoops if you were to look at just birth order. Um, I was good at, at meeting expectations, and I think one of my, one of my difficulties growing up was, was uh, just I had a lot of people who believed in me, and, and we all have that metaphorical backpack that we carry in this life, and you should have just the essentials that you need in that backpack. But we tend to weigh ourselves down with the wrong stuff. And so instead of receiving the love of my Heavenly Father by seeing the way people believed in me over the years and the way my own parents were good parents to me, oftentimes I would, what I would do is I would sit there and go, I wonder what they expect of me. And even uncommunicated things that they never even said to me, I would go, I think what they want is this. I'm going to fulfill that expectation. And I would take that weight and I'd put it in my backpack. And I would have a teacher or a coach who would believe in me in some way. And instead of, instead of going, thank you, Jesus, for put, placing people in my life who believe in me, what I would do is go, I wonder what they expect of me. And I would take the weight of that. And pretty soon, I, I was walking around with this giant, giant backpack full of people's expectations that I was sure that one day I would fulfill. And other times, I was like the younger brother, where I just, I knew the right way, and I just, and I knew, like, I had relationship with the Father, and I was just like, ah, but I don't want to even, I just want to do my own thing. I just want to go my own way. I just reject your way, God. And we all have moments like that, right, we, where we choose unforgiveness. We put that in our backpack. We choose rebellion. We put that in our backpack. We put, and, and what, we, and this morning, what I'm encouraging us is to, is whether, whether we're having moments as, as either one of the lost sons, and they could have been lost daughters, the lost sons, uh, when we have these moments, can we take this, these burdens that we are never meant to carry and place them at the foot of the cross? Another group of questions that have come up in my heart this week is, do we have permission to have needs and desires, is that allowed? Papa God, are we allowed to have needs? Are we supposed to just be tough and self-sustained? And I think, um, and I think even just uh, diving into this topic, uh, there's something vulnerable about, vulnerable about even thinking about this topic uh, in being a dad and thinking about Papa God being a, a parent to us, being a heavenly father to us, and just thinking about how in any 24-hour period, I often have regrets of like, oh, I wish I could have done that better. I wish, oh, I should have thought of that. I, oh, I totally missed the mark with this. I was impatient in this way. And, but our Heavenly Father is, is so good to us, and He sees our needs, and he, He's not afraid of our neediness. He's not afraid of us, uh, of us having desire. He doesn't want us to be numb. And we know this because one of the biggest metaphors and, and beyond metaphor, one of the, one of the biggest uh, concepts of the whole Christian faith is how God places us in family. And the many expressions of family that, that we experience in this life as human beings, they are object lessons for us, and they point us toward the beauty of community and interdependence and, and connectedness and how Family doesn't work if we're just, if each of us are all just like completely independent and don't need help ever, right? Like a family works best in all of its expressions when we come to the table and we go, uh, 
here we are in, in this marriage relationship and I'm not that great at some things and I really have some areas I need to grow and here I am in this, in this parenting relationship, here I am with my own parents, here I am with, with extended family and all of, its way, all of its different pieces of the puzzle and we just go, wow, to be known is scary, right? Family is scary because there's this opportunity to be known but God isn't afraid of family. Papa God adopts us and calls us family. Doesn't call, he doesn't just put up with us. Adopts us. Paul, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, says this, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with mercy, blessed us with he has blessed us with mercy, but it doesn't say that. He blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made, he made the world, God is talking about the Father. God, the Father, loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes, in the Father's eyes. God the Father decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do. He gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us, the Father has poured out on us, who, who belonged to his dear son. It's talking about the Father right there. The Father loving us so much, saying, I give you Jesus, and I don't just give you Jesus. It's, it's not just enough Jesus to get you through the door of heaven. It's it's, it's this other mystery of the Christian faith where we receive Jesus and somehow because of Jesus we receive this adoption and, we are, and, and uh, we're given more than we could ever deserve. We're given righteousness. We're, we're, given, we're, given, we're seen as good in the eyes of the Father. Uh, we inherit we're given things from our father sometimes uh sometimes we look at our own families and we think about some of the things we've been given one thing that i've inherited in my family is uh all just my dad if you think if you were to talk to him or if you were to hear any stories from him my dad and canines historically don't get along just if there's a dog and there's my dad the dog wants to bite him <laughs> and even though we had dogs growing up, like even though we even had a dog team at one point, we lived in Alaska when I was a kid. It was not a large dog team. I think at, at its at its height, we had like seven to not seven dogs or something. But, uh, um, but over the years, my dad has so many stories of like he has this one story where he's in this vacant lot and we're, we're I'm running with him and he has this pepper spray and the dogs end up liking the taste of the pepper spray. And uh, anyways, uh, I, was with, uh, I was with Amber, my wife, waved to Amber, my wife over there, and we were with Tenzin, my firstborn. He was about two or three, maybe. We, we, he was still in a stroller. He's our firstborn. Vesper wasn't born yet. And we're out on a walk, and we, were, we, were, we, had, we had gone on this family trip, and we're walking through this neighborhood, and and here comes a dog. Now, because of my dad, I have a lot of philosophy on how it is to treat dogs and how to get them to not bite you. And Amber is just mama bear, right? Like, she will protect 
She will protect all living beings with her mighty fist. And, but I have this philosophy. I was just like, here come these two dogs just down from this house, and they're just coming at me, at us pretty strong. And, and, I, and I go, uh, uh, just, just ignore them. Just ignore them. Turn your back to them. Turn your back to them. And I have the stroller, and Amber's like, turn your back to them. I'm going to fight these demons. <laughs> like she, t- she like turns around and she gets in her like ninja stance and I'm just like, just ignore them. Just keep walking. Don't give them eye contact. And of course, like sure enough, so Amber, she moves up. She's kind of list, try, like trying to listen to what I'm saying and I just ignore them. Don't make eye contact and one of them just takes a chomp right out of my backside. Just kunk. Well, at least that's what it felt like. It did break skin just a tiny bit. But I was like, the dog bit me. And I see the owner up there. Your dog just bit me. Get hold of your dogs. You know, anyways, it was a, it was a great parenting moment. We, we protected the family. We protected the family. And, uh, and uh, I lived through it. Uh, why do I tell that story? I don't know. I just like telling that story. <laughs> Um, Papa God <laughs> Papa God is love loves us in the middle of our of of everything in our lives um, I wanted to Papa well I'll get to a point that I that I wanted to bring up but Papa God is love James 1 verse 17 says this whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heaven. He never, never changes or casts a shifting, shifting shadow. And because of this, um, we, I want to backtrack to some of these questions that were in my heart. Papa God, are you a safe place? Can we make mistakes? What if we don't have everything figured out? Does good equal boring? Will there be any sort of adventure if we listen to you, Papa God? Hmm. Papa God isn't afraid of our process, doesn't rush us ahead or leave us behind. I think I'm probably good. I would never leave my kids behind, but I, I'm, I famously rush my kids ahead. And when I think about, um, like, wanting my kids, one of my dreams in life is to have my kids ride bicycles and love to ride a bicycle, right? Like, how fun is that? And I loved riding a bicycle as a kid. And so I think Tenzin was, you know, like, barely walking, and I, and I, and I saved up money and bought him his first bicycle, and it was, and I think I was like, two, I don't know how many years too too soon. I, like I just kept, I just, I remember he got his first skateboard. Like he was literally not walking yet, and I got him a skateboard. I was like, you're gonna love this. He's he's like, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> you know. Um, so I think if I was to look at my own parenting, I definitely rush ahead. But our heavenly Father doesn't rush ahead, but also doesn't leave us behind. And we don't have to hide our failure, failures or successes from God. God doesn't get overwhelmed by our failures or intimidated by our successes. You know, we all, we all have people in our life where they're, we're, like one friendship that I love in my life is a friendship where you're able to share your failures and, not, and they don't judge you for your failures. Um, how many of us know, like, thank God for friendships like that and relationships like that where we can share the worst of who we are with them and go, man, I need prayer, man, I, 
uh, this is where I'm really at. These are the mistakes I make. And they don't judge us. But, it, it, but rarely is, there's another form of friendship, another form of relationship. It's, it's rarely the same person. Um, there are some people who really allow us to succeed and do really well and have a big victory moment and like really, really accomplish something cool. And they're actually able to not be jealous. They're not, they're able to celebrate with us and be just be like, yeah, baby, I believed in you all along. Like how cool is that kind of a friendship, right? We need that kind of friendship. We need those kinds of relationships. And uh, I know like when I think about my dad, my dad has that, always been that for me, like believed in me beyond uh, what I need, what I, what I, what I deserve to be believed in, just believed in me no matter what, and so really able to celebrate with me in those things, but our Papa God is both, not, not afraid of our failures, not intimidated by our successes, loving us in all of it, able to celebrate with us, First John 4, verse 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. When I think about love and God's love for us, I think over the years I've thought of love as, well, love, when you talk about love and there's a sermon about love, that's like, um, that's spirituality with training wheels. That's like beginner spirituality. If you want real deep things of God, there's way more than love. Love is shallow. But if you want the deep things of God, there's going to be these, these deep theological concepts that are far deeper than love. But what if Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 is correct in saying, in saying that faith hope, love, love is the most important one, right? That, that, that love is the profound gift of God. That love isn't some shallow thing. That love is this gift from God. And we can imagine how big this love is for us. I like to think of some splash zones for kids have that, that giant bucket that's filling, filling with water, filling with water, filling with water. It's like a hundred gallons or something. And it's still filling, and it's still filling, and kids are waiting down there like, it's going to fill. It's going to fill. And then when it finally fills, it's just like, run! There's water everywhere, right? And a wonderful invention, the giant splash zone bucket fill, whatever you call that thing. Um, when I think of God's love, I think one way of, of seeing God's love is that giant bucket filling. And I can just stare at it and just be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's crazy that God could love that much. He could love me that much, fill that bucket that much. But I have a giant equation for you that feels almost impossible. What if that giant love that I'm talking about, that I'm describing, equals our worth? What if God's love for us really does equal how worthy we are, our worth, our value? Because we don't see ourselves that way, right? We don't see, we don't see ourselves with that same, with that same, if I talk too loud, I, the, the, the little babies <laughs> get worried. Um, we don't see ourselves with it. We don't see ourselves with that same value, do we? But that's the way our Heavenly Father sees us. This giant equation of where Papa God says, my love for you equals your worth. 
Before we can learn anything or accomplish anything, Papa God loves us first and gives us Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 through 30 says this, Remember, dear brothers, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the world what Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to to bring them uh, to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. And this is the part I wanted to focus on. God the Father has united you with Christ Jesus. And for our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. Papa God freeing us from from sin. Everything that that Papa God feels for the Son, Jesus, making that available to us. Everything that Papa God says about the Son, he says about us. Papa God helps us know who we are. Papa God shows us our value. Papa God gives us a safe place to dream again. A safe place to make mistakes. A safe place to to dream. A safe place to to walk in our calling. So many times in life, I've, I've wished that God would just map out and tell me everything that's going to happen in my life. But the older I get, I realize, wow, if God would have done that, I would have been so overwhelmed, I would have given up a long time ago, right? God gives us just enough view and just enough picture, knows just what we can carry, just gives us just a glimpse uh, enough calling, enough instruction so that we can step in, out in faith and, 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 and in, in obedience and, uh, and we can just walk in that in small ways and, and I love that about being a dad uh, my, is, is, and, I, and we waited a long time to have kids and so in some ways you would think oh well I'm older I should be so good at parenting I worked with kids in churches students for many years um, and I should be just like amazing at parenting, but day after day after day, I'm the one who shows up, like I'm the parent who shows up. And God, though, gives us just enough instruction, just gives us just enough clarity to make the next decision, and, and we, we mess up in some way, we don't get it quite right, and, uh, or sometimes we get it right, and we're like, yeah, this is awesome. And, uh, but God, God gives us just enough instruction. Um, I, I've, speaking of wanting my kids to ride skateboards and, and uh, ride bicycles, we were over at Squalicum Park, and, and anytime I get the kids on skateboards and bicycles, now, now it's easier, but for a long time it was like, it just took forever to get helmets on, and then it, with skateboards it's like, we should probably do knee pads, and I guess probably wrist guards, and then we probably should have, should have, uh, pants that the knee pads can go over and and I remember one day I I got us all all uh all ready to go and and then I decided we were going to be right here on this uh we were going to skateboard right here on this tennis court and that's a story I'm not going to tell because the security 
got rid of us. But, <laughs> but another story I am going to tell is uh, we're over at Squalicum Park in uh, past downtown, and we're going along, and now I'm on the skateboard, and Vesper is on, Vesper's on the bicycle, and that concrete over there has a lot of, like, between every piece of concrete, there's that, um, there's that line. And so when you're on a skateboard, it's just like, and you go faster, and it's, and we're going by that dog park, another dog park. And there's, this, there's some people, and they have, a, they have a couple of small breed of dogs that were, begin to bark, and it's kind of a high-pitched bark, and, they, they, and, and I'm just like, I'm like, and I'm thinking, I know what to do. I'll just skateboard faster. And they saw that as, oh, this guy needs to be taken out. And this little wonderful yapper of a dog is just chucking toward me. And I had my favorite pants on that I should have gotten rid of a long time ago. Like, it, it already had, like, this big hole in the knee. And, and um, not, you know, every time I put them through the laundry, I was like, one more time, one more time. And uh, this little dog just went up and just, while I'm on the skateboard, grabbed my pant leg and just ripped my pant leg off. <laughs> And uh, it was a wonderful moment because I was like, put your dog on a leash. If your dog would have bit my daughter, I would be really angry right now. I'm only a little bit angry right now. And uh, um, yeah, that was a wonderful parenting moment. I, 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 I told my daughter later that I should have been more kind. And then the lady was like, she said, well, you can have this, how about I give you this $20 for your pants? And I was like, keep your $20. <laughs> my pants were not worth even $20, but I think it was, it was funny, though, that she looked at my pants, and she was like, $20 will cover it. <laughs> uh, that's probably the only money she had in her pocket, but anyways, I it was, looking back, it was nice of her to offer me $20. I was like, keep your money. I need to keep going and think about this. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But our Heavenly Father loves us even when our pants are ripped off by a small dog. And, uh, and our kids see us in our brokenness. And uh, again, like I said before, Papa God helps us know who we are shows us our value, gives us a safe place to dream again, and everything that, the pop, that Papa God says about Jesus, Papa God says about us. So early in the, the very beginning of, of Jesus' ministry, Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, in the Gospel of Mark, it says this, One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, Papa God said this, looked at Jesus, said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. Um, some translations say, you are my, my son in whom I'm well, you are my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. I'm pleased with you. I'm not disappointed in you. I love you. You're my son. And this morning, because of Jesus, this is one of those mysteries of Christianity, because of Jesus, because of the way Papa God has given us Jesus 
through the Holy Spirit. This is a very Trinitarian moment. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove right here in Mark chapter 1. Because of this gift of Jesus from our Heavenly Father, everything that the Heavenly Father says about Jesus, our Heavenly Father also says about us. And so this morning, Jesus sees you and says, you are my daughter. You are my son. I love you. I'm not disappointed in you. I'm pleased with you. And when we have that label of I am loved, I am adopted, I am cared for by my heavenly father, Papa God has my back, has chosen me, and I mess up, but God is here for me. The small, instead of the smallest thing taking us out, where like, I mean, my dumb pair of pants, like who cares about my pants, right? If I would have been thinking about how much I'm loved by my heavenly father, like it wouldn't have bothered me, right? But instead I saw it as this is one more, one more piece of proof, one more proof that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not good at getting it done, I'm not good at teaching my kids stuff, like I messed it up again and now just everything's going wrong. But instead, but if I would have, if I would have been receiving that love from God, it would, it would have changed everything. And that's available to us this morning. In our yes, in these final moments, and if the worship band could come up and, and uh, we'll just worship. Um, and I want to pray over us. I want to pray that there would be a yes in our heart to this love from Papa God. And that we would repeat it often. We would say, we would find ways to discover that and rediscover that. We would be reminded of it often in the, in the details of our lives. And that the details of our lives would point us to Jesus, even the messed up stuff, because we know that it lands in hope. We know that it lands in the arms of our Heavenly Father. And Papa God parents us this morning, chooses us and loves us. I'm thankful for that. We can have this love from Jesus. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Papa God. Thank you for this gift, the gift of Jesus, the gift of love. Thank you for how you've loved us. Thank you for loving us even when we don't get it right. And Jesus, this morning we say yes to you. We respond to you. We ask for fresh beginnings, for fresh starts, because that, those are available in you. Everything available in Jesus is available to us. And we, 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 we need that this morning, God. We need a fresh start. As parents, we need a fresh start always. And as people, we need fresh starts. And this morning, we just worship you. I pray that as we sing these songs to you, that we would just be reminded of your love for us and your history with us and your faithfulness to us. Amen, amen. Thank you, Papa God.